Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of our affection. You are worthy of our attention, Lord. My prayer, Lord, is that at, by, at the end of the next 20 minutes, God, that we'd wa- we would walk away trusting you completely, God. Laying aside any doubt, any weight, any sin, any hindrance, any false belief. Lord, we want to lay those down. We want to lay those down, Lord. And declare that we have full confidence in who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. So if you're taking notes... Write this down. What hinders us from receiving from God? And if you're not taking notes, just pretend like you're taking notes. I can I can look back at my life and 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 see and see moments that that grew me. I can look at moments that that really like propel me forward. And I hope you guys have those moments too. And if not, then I hope today is, is that moment. Amen. And I've had moments where my my earliest moment is when I came up to Pastor Drew and I said, Pastor Drew, I I'm 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 I just finished my first year of college and I hate it. Not not because I'm not good at school, not because I don't like study, not because I don't like the subjects. I just I I, I know that's not where I belong. I know that's not where I'm called to be. And I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know if I should. And all I wanted to do was just be at church and volunteer. Like, that's all I wanted to do. And from that conversation um, came our intern program. That was, that, that was a moment in my life that, that propelled me. I can, think of, um, I can think of another moment when we went to, um, we went to this conference around 2015, 2016, I think. And I remember there, there was a speaker there. I remember he, he started preaching, and I, I could kind of tell you what he was talking about, but I know what I felt. He was speaking, and I, and, and I could feel Jesus in the sermon. I had felt, I had felt the presence of God so many times in worship, as a matter of fact, that's why I got saved. I got saved during worship. I, I, that was my first encounter. Many of us have had encounters with God in, in worship. But I was having a full-on encounter. Just as, he, just as he read out of Matthew, I'm just like crying. I was like, I, I know this parable. Why am I crying? I was like, because he, here's what came out of that. I want to know Jesus like he knows Jesus. And, that was, and I could look at that moment and say, wow, like that propelled me deeper in, in, into my relationship with God. And I can think of other moments. And, and, and I pray that, that this message is a moment where something in you just says, yes, I, I want to grab a hold of this. Amen? One of the things that I mentioned on Wednesday is that when we come to church, I don't want us to treat church as common. This, this, this isn't a class that you attend. This isn't just family that you're visiting. This isn't just a religious duty to check off, to, to check off your list or to calm your conscience. No, let this place be a holy place where you look forward to encountering God. Yeah. 
you look forward to hearing from God. You look forward to learning something that will help you during the week and, 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 and change your life. Amen? So what hinders us from receiving from God? Number one is a lack of faith. A lack of faith. James chapter 1, verse, verses 2 through 8. My brethren, count it all joy. All joy. Everyone say all joy. When you fall into various trials. When we read the word of God, we really have to pay attention to every single word. The Lord does not, number one, he doesn't waste words. And number two, the Lord never, oh, this is good. The Lord does not exaggerate. Amen. He doesn't exaggerate. All of his authority and all of his power backs up every single word he spoke. And every single word that is written. And it's really easy for us to read certain statements or certain scriptures and not realize that it's a commandment. James is saying, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Take a moment and think about some of the trials that you had in 2023. Did you you react in a joyful way? Were you joyful when you went through those trials? Because that's what James is, is telling us to do. And perhaps one of the reasons why you're still stuck in your season and you haven't received a new season in life is because you're not joyful and grateful for what God is doing in this season or how God is growing you and, 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 um, and teaching you in this season. It's really quiet in this church. Does anybody feel stuck? Children of Israel were stuck for 40 years. And a whole generation didn't even make it in. Because they refused to get unstuck. Amen? So my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Number three, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, produces endurance, produces perseverance. See, it's not, being joyful about a trial doesn't mean you pretend it's not happening. It means that in the midst of it, you're joyful because you know it's going to produce something good in your life. You want to know what that good is? It's right here in the next verse. But let patience, that endurance, let perseverance, let that joyful attitude in the midst of that trial. What is it going to produce? It's going to have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking, what is that word? Nothing. In whatever season that you are in, if you feel stuck, change your attitude. And see it for the blessing that it is. Be joyful. Be joyful and endure. Write that down. Be joyful and endure. And on the other side of that trial, you will lack nothing. Amen? Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Someone say, that's me. And it will be given to him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Sometimes this looks like 
I prayed about it, I prayed about it, but really I'm following my own plans, but I'm going to go to church just in case the Lord answer, answers my prayers. We, sometimes we, we, we make bargains with God. Lord, if I go to church today, then I'm expecting that you'll do X, Y, and Z. Lord, if I stop doing this, then I'm expecting that you will do X, Y, and Z. Our God is not a bargaining God. He's not. He's not. He, he, he doesn't change. He's not. We have, a, we have a whole Bible of his character. And he won't change his mind. Amen? In other words, the Lord shows us how to get the things that we want or need. He does. He, he, he doesn't make it hard for us. This whole message is about how the Lord wants us to approach asking. And what hinders us from him not answering the prayers or the requests that we ask for. So number one is lack of faith. In verse 7, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. My prayer of many prayers today is that you would trust in the Lord so that you would be stable in all of your ways. I'll say it again, that you would trust in the Lord so that you would be stable in all of your ways. A man who is unstable in his trust in the Lord will be unstable in all of his ways, in his relationship, with his finances, at work. Amen? Amen. One more verse for point one. Matthew chapter one. Sorry, Matthew chapter 21, verse 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, and do not doubt. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Jesus, the day before, had just cursed the fig tree. And the apostles were amazed because the tree was dead. But also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Amen? So number one, doubting. Doubting will keep you from receiving, will hinder you from receiving what God has for you. Number two, point number two, our actions. First John chapter 3, starting with verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I'm going to read that first part again. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, what is the answer? What is the answer, church? Spend time with God. It would do you a lot of good for you to get near and draw near to the one who blesses you. It would do us good to recognize if, if Jesus is the one who gives me all these good things, I should probably get close to him. Amen? Church, do not make it hard for the Lord to bless you. Don't. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, this is towards the end of uh, 1 John chapter 3. 
I want to read in, in context, John is talking about loving the Lord and obeying him. This is what it looks like. So 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Little, little children, let no one deceive you. Let no one lie to you. Let no one, be, let no one cause you to believe something contrary. He who practices righteousness is righteous. You know, what the, the, you know what that deception is? Well, I do more good than bad, so I'm okay. That is a deception. I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. That is a deception. God knows my heart. That usually means I do whatever I want, and I hope God blesses it. So little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Verse 8, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. Speaking of the Spirit of God living inside of us. When, when we became born again, we became one with the Lord. Amen? So now our spirit and his spirit is the same spirit. Amen? So our spirit in us cannot sin. The Lord cannot sin. It is our flesh, our body, our vessel that, that, that sins. Amen? Amen? Verse 10, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. It doesn't mean that you're perfect in every single one of your ways. There is a process of sanctification, but your practice is righteousness. And as you practice, make, practice makes perfect, right? So the more you practice righteousness, the better you're going to be or more consistent you'll be in being righteous. Amen. Amen. This is how we, this is how we become slaves of righteousness is even when we don't want to be righteous, we choose to be righteous. We choose to be righteous. You choose to be righteous. You endure. You're patient. You have perseverance. You choose righteousness. You choose, right, you choose righteousness so much that you become a slave to righteousness. And you get to a point where you can't help but do the right thing. You can't help but be honest. You can't help but be loving. Amen? I was thinking about this the other day. It's interesting. The Lord created us with an addictive nature. The Lord created us with an, I, I was like, I, at first I was like, wow, that, I don't think that's good, but that's great. We were created to be addicted to his spirit. We were created to be addicted to his presence. When, 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 when we become addicted to something other than the Lord, it destroys us. It, it causes us to be in bondage. But when we create a hunger and an appetite for the Lord, and we persevere and we keep going to Him, we keep going to Him, we keep seeking Him, we keep seeking Him, we're meant to be addicted to that to the point where we can't do anything, we can't have anything, we can't say anything else unless it's connected to Him. Amen? I know no one in here has ever been addicted to anything other than the Lord. I know that. But people out there, when they're addicted to something, that's all they think about. The only thing they can think about is their next fix, right? The only thing they can think about is what they're going to do to get to that fix. When you become addicted to the Lord, the only thing you think about is how can I get closer to him? How can I know him more? What do I need to do to encounter him again? What do I need to do to do those things that are pleasing to him? Amen? Come on, someone say good preaching.
All right, number three. Third reason why, or third thing that can hinder us from receiving from God is it's simply not the will of God. It's really good, church, to let go of your plans sometimes. This world tells you to follow your heart and follow your dreams. But I've seen a lot of people be bound by their dreams. I've seen a lot of people be bound by a deceptive heart. You know who has the best plan and the best dreams for you? The one who created you. The one who literally came up with the plans before he even created the earth. He has the best plans for you, amen? Amen. So number three, it's not the will of God. James chapter four, verse three, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. In other words, you're not asking for the right thing. You ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. The Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. I'm reminded of when Jesus talks about the, um, the Pharisee and the, and the tax collector. The Pharisee marches right into church and has a prayer about how he's happy that he's not like the tax collector. The tax collector, in his humility, doesn't even enter the church or the temple. He's outside, and, and, and he asks for forgiveness. He repents. He's saying, I'm a sinner. I'm not even worthy. And Jesus said that the tax collector, who came humbly, repentant, he's the one who walks away justified. The Pharisee said all the right things, but he was not justified because of his heart. In the same way, when we approach the Lord with our, with our requests, when we approach the Lord with our prayers, he looks at your heart. If your heart, if your heart is not in the right place, he cannot answer that prayer. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. One example, um, one example is, is, is if you're praying for a job. I'm glad that you're praying for a job. I'm, I'm glad that you're praying and fasting for a job. But when you get that job, it cannot... You can't stop praying and fasting because you got a good job now. You can't stop going to church because you got a good job now. You can't compromise your relationship with God because you got a good church now, or you, you, have, you got a good job now. You can't trust your bank account now that God gave you a good job. Amen? You can't stop going to church because you got married and you found a spouse. You can't stop going to church because, you know, you finally got a boyfriend or girlfriend and now they satisfy you. If you start a family, yeah. Here's my prayer of many prayers today. I hope God answers every single one of your prayers. But I hope that when you came to this church and you started praying for that, that you find something greater than an answer to prayer, but you find Jesus. You find your Father in heaven, and you get addicted to being with him. And, and we stop pursuing the blessings, and we start pursuing his presence. Amen? Number four, last point. Number four, I'll be done in a couple of minutes. Number four, 
This Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. Read this up on a screen screen because this, this is the ESV version. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. This is Paul writing from prison, writing to the Philippian church, and this is he is grateful because they have partnered with him. He is grateful, and he is in prison where it's not like our prison system where we're obligated to feed you and keep you alive. It's not that. It's, we throw you in a room, we throw you in a dungeon, we shackle you up, and if you want to eat, then someone has to bring you food. If you want a blanket or if you want clothes, then someone, hopefully someone likes you or, someone, or you have friends on the outside that will provide that for you. And so from that perspective, Paul writes this to the Philippian church, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving. We're called to enter into a partnership with Hope Community to build. Amen? It's our calling. No church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Here's what Paul is saying. He's like, I'm excited, and he actually talks about it. He's like, wow, like I had more than I needed. You guys really took care of me. But here's what he, here's what he prefaces. You guys gave, and I'm excited for that. But you know what I'm more excited about? Your reward. I'm excited for your return. That's amazing, amen? So could it be that you haven't received from God because you simply don't give? Give, and it will be given back to you. Amen? So verse 17 again, not that I seek the gift, but I seek, I look forward to, I'm excited about the fruit that increases to your credit. Verse 18, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering. Listen to what the gift, listen, listen to how God sees the gift. This is the way God sees the gift. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Verse 19, and in this context, this is what Paul says. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we would walk out of this room excited to give, Lord. We would walk out of this room excited to completely trust in you and have faith in, faith in you, Lord. That we would walk out of this room excited to find out your will for our lives. And that we will be encouraged, Lord, today. That whatever hindered us in 2023 will hinder us no more. We want the fullness of Christ. We want every, we want access, we want to receive every spiritual blessing that you paid for, Lord. I'm going to read one more scripture, okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 32. And I'll end with this. Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered, up, delivered him up for us all, 
How? How? In other words, it doesn't make sense. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, here Paul is saying, it doesn't make sense for you to receive Christ and think that you can't receive healing as well. Christ is greater than healing. It doesn't make sense for, 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 for you to receive Christ and not receive every other's um, financial prosperity, relational prosperity, freedom from anxiety and depression. If the Lord gave you Christ, how could he not give you everything else as well? Amen? Amen.